Did you ever think you would make it? I feel I'm so close, I could taste sweet victory. I know this life meant for me. Yeah, why would you bet on Goliath when we got bet David? Value taming, giving values contagious. This world of entrepreneurs, we get no value to haters. Now they run, homie, look what I become. I'm the, I'm the one. I'm Patrick Bedevi, your host of Vitamin and today I'm sitting down with Enes Cantor, center with the current Boston Celtics. He's been on a few different teams and uh, he's kind of a controversial figure in the NBA. Today we talk a little bit about his political beliefs with Turkey and, you know, what's been happening there with Erdogan and Golan. It's going to be a different kind of a conversation, but I hope you enjoyed this interview. Enes, brother, you, thank you for Appreciate coming it. out, man. Thank Appreciate you. you for making the time. So, Celtics, one of the first questions I had for you, man. I mean, okay. I'm a... I'm a uh, both a Kemba fan and I'm also a fan of uh, Lillard. I think both of them are leaders. Yes. What's the biggest difference between these two guys? Ooh, I mean, I mean, I will just say this: the both guys, you know, uh, what make him so special is, you know, they make themselves better and they make everybody else better run. I feel like this, uh, that's why they make him really special. And I was just like, it's just very blessed to play uh, future Hall of Famers like Damian Lillard and Kemba Walker and. Before I met Kemba, I mean, obviously he was in my draft class, and I knew he was like a, he was like a nightmare to guard, but I didn't know he was like this down to earth, humble guy, good leader, and uh, he always, you know, he always laughed and always smiled and always bringing him a positive energy, good locker room guy. So I'm like, wow, you know, that's very, very special. Kim, so. Kemba is Walker. Kemba, oh yeah. So, wh- which one uh, is the style more? Hey guys, let's come together. You can do better, and as you can do better. Hey guys, let's pull this. Is it that, or is it also a little bit of challenging? Hey, uh, what can I do to help you work on your free throw? What can I do to help you? Is it like a challenging type of leader, or is it just mm-hmm. a locker room guy bringing them together? What's the difference between the two? It's, I mean, they both very similar uh, players. Okay. Very, very similar players. You know, they both trying to help. I mean, they 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 challenge me to be. I mean, obviously, they know I'm, I'm a you know really good offensive player, mm-hmm. but they both were challenging me to be a really good defensive mm-hmm. player. They, mm-hmm. they they all they both were like, hey, we know you can score the ball, we can rebound the ball, but we to get to get next level, we need to be good on defensively. So that's why they both challenge me. So very, very uh, similar uh, players. Similar players. Very similar players, yeah. yeah. Again, they're both incredible to watch. Mm-hmm. And anytime you're playing, you're entertaining to watch, man. Yeah. You're going to do your fight, but at the same right, time, right. you got that, you know, that you cut your eyes, you're yeah. fighting the guys, <laughs> you're going after them. It doesn't matter. They're trying to clean the blood off your ass. You're pushing you the guys that, yep. So what is it with you and LeBron, though, man? I mean, you know, you it's like when, when you and LeBron are on, you're like, Somehow, some way, I don't know we what fight. you do. What is it with the two personalities? <laughs> I mean, obviously, I respect the guy a lot, man. Obviously, he's he's obviously one of the best uh, best player to ever play this game, you know. But I'm obviously, it's like I will do anything to win that game. Obviously, on the court, you just gotta go out there and fight. But off the court, I mean, obviously, you gotta try to uh, get on. Uh, get on the skin and it's, it's tough he's mentally so strong but like, you know like I do everything I fight I trash talk I do I push him I try to fight with him but he just he just keep focusing, focusing on, on, on his team but it's, it's always a good challenge because like when I down with the career I can, I'm gonna be like hey man I gotta you know I gotta I gotta, I gotta fight with LeBron or I gotta play against yeah. him or <laughs> I won or he, he, he we lost whatever yeah. so it's, it's definitely a blessing to have a guy like represent NBA like that. Is is is? Do you go after him because to you it's kind of like 
no one intimidates you because of where you, I'm from Iran, you're from Turkey. Okay, so yeah. we have a lot of turmoil yeah, when we yeah, raise, yeah. so not a lot scares you and you kind of want to go after the king. Is oh, that, yeah, for, because mean, everybody's afraid of him. You know, I mean, he's like the, yeah, I'm not even scared of a dictator, man. So I'm like, <laughs> as, as a king in NBA, whatever, I don't really care if you're like, I mean, call them lies. Like, I, don't, I don't care if you're like a king or princess, queen, whatever you are. I'm just going to come after you and I'm not going to yeah. be scared. So if, if you're not afraid of a dictator, you're not going to be afraid of a king. That, there you that go, you got it. So a uh, uh, question for you, the part about LeBron that, that's most impressive, the way he's been handling a lot of stuff lately, it's, it's incredible mm -hmm. how I see how this guy's handling stuff with Bronny, with his team, with right. leadership, with the way he's handling certain issues with the NBA. He, he's developed into a whole other person. The part that's very impressive, this is a big guy. He goes through, uh -huh. he's been hit hard, he gets fouled hard, you know, because uh -huh. he's got muscles, so a lot right, of times right, right. he's probably hit even harder than we even see oh, it, but yeah, because he sure. can't move. Shaq lost, and he would, if somebody bullied him, his first season I watched Shaq play one time, he played uh, Pistons, and he went in, and Alvin Robertson was a guy at that time, was pulling him down, uh -huh. and Alvin Robertson kind of goes up to him, and he pushes Shaq, and Shaq just punched him in the face. This was the first season, like 10, 20 games into the season. Yeah. So then you see Kobe comes in, and Kobe got into a fight with Miller, oh, with, yeah, you know, uh, Anthony, uh -huh, with uh -huh. uh, the uh -huh. other guy from the Knicks, what was his name, uh, uh, all these guys that he got into fights yeah. with, right? You got Bird got into fights. All of these guys, like, oh, yeah. how okay. has LeBron I'm, never got into a fist fight with yeah. anybody in the league? I don't understand that. Yeah, but, well, I think the, the the one thing NBA changed, I mean, like a lot of rules. You know, like before then, you you get in a fist fight, you only get them like ejected in that game, and that's it. But now you you breathe on somebody, you mm. get twenty five thousand dollar fine, and nobody wants that. You push somebody, Not even LeBron. I mean, nah, just they just don't want to. They just don't want that. You know, I, and of course, LeBron, I mean, people love him. And they, yeah. they just don't want to have that reputation oh, just for fighting against LeBron. Just, they just don't want that, I think. I also don't think it's his personality. I think he's a pretty oh, no, he's chill a, guy. Yeah. I, think he's a, I think he's a locker room guy. When I see him, I see him as a guy that glues, that brings everybody together. Yes. You see, to see Dwight Howard play the way he's playing right, I have not seen Dwight Howard this happy. I don't know if I've ever seen Dwight Howard yes. this happy. And uh, I think a lot of that has to do with right. uh, LeBron's uh, I think uh, so. leadership. A uh, question for you uh, for the game today. Do you think the, the game is more exciting today or 10 years ago, 20 years ago? Ooh. Regular season, not playoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Well, I think right now NBA is just, I mean, you, like I said, you breathe on the guy, they, they call a foul now. Yeah. I feel like back then it was just more physical, and uh, you, you'll see that there was like more back-to-back -back, uh, players, in, but now it's all about shooting threes, no contact, just pick and pop, shoot threes, shoot threes. I feel like back in the day, it was, I feel like it was more excited. More exciting back I, in the I days. Th I think so, I think so. <clears throat> so I have a friend of mine who's in uh, 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 New York, he's in Jersey. His name is Gerard. Okay. I said, uh, uh, you know, what do you think about the NBA right now? And he says, you know, I, I don't think the season is that exciting today. I said, tell me why. He says, because everybody's shooting threes, 43, 53s a game. I, he says, yep. I think it'd be more exciting if they made the three, like they took it back, I don't know, four feet, five feet. And so they added four-pointer and then uh, half court. And then he said, if they took a dunk to three points instead of two points. He said, if they made a dunk three points instead of two points, okay. then they're going to make the That's big guy, the game would change to be a big guy because now if you got a Shaq uh, ten, yes. 10 dunks in a game, that's 30 points. Oh, yeah, 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 so it sure. would increase the level of wanting to play huh. defense against the three. What do you think about that, that idea? Is, that is, very interesting. That, no, no, way, that is right? very interesting. I yeah. would love it. I would, I would love it because my game has always been like, you know, 
you know, but just back to basket, go inside and rebounds, putbacks, and post up games. You got a 19-footer as well. You can, oh, yeah, you yeah, can I shoot do. the shot. I do, but now it's, everybody's like, yeah. you got to be able to shoot the three. But, you know, like, if I'm shooting the three, who's going to get offensive rebounds? You know what I mean? So it's like, it, but what he said is very interesting. I, I, I would love it. They made the dunk three points. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. That would be a, it actually went to the Atlanta Hawks facility. We practiced mm-hmm. there as a team last year, and I think they have a four-pointer. Just because of Trey Young, so they put like in a practice facility, they put a fourth point. I, 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 yeah, I asked him like, "What is this? Like Easy. this fourth point for Trey Young?" I'm like, "Wow, this is interesting." It would change the game. I oh, just yeah. think I, I, when he said that to me, I said, "You know what? I think it's a creative idea. I don't yeah. know if they would do it, but uh, they seems Silver seems a little bit creative uh-huh. that he may do it, but who knows? Maybe maybe he will, maybe he won't." Uh, being in the NBA, you played with the Jazz, you played with OKC, uh-huh. Knicks, Portland, now Celtics. How do you handle the fact that the league is a trade league where you're going? How, how do you handle that aspect? Because for me, when we have conversations, I always say if I'm, in, if I'm a, an NBA player, Major League Baseball player, or you know, just somebody that's playing professional sports, if I'm in Hollywood, if I'm a singer, marriage and doing that while I'm playing, I don't know about yeah, it. It's tough. And in sports, you're moving if oh you're being God. traded. Yes. So how, how do you handle Too that? Much. Well, I mean, one thing I learned is never buy a house. Because you you get a you, never you get a oh never buy a house you you get traded is like I mean it's it's so tough because like I see like I'm single, you know I don't have it it's only me but like I see like some of my uh, players teammates have like you know they have kids going to school mm-hmm. they have wives having a job and then this guy's getting traded so you have to move everybody you have to get the kids out of the school they they don't want that you have to. You know, they, they take the, uh, you know, if, but if they want to stay in the city, they can. But it's it just tough, very too hard transition. But it's just, it's just a cold business, man. It's a cold business MBA, but I just got to stick with it. And uh, I see someone, I see this guy had eight different teams in nine years. I'm like, this is wild. His name was Stu Nowak. Stu Nowak. Nowak. Stu Nowak. I think I said something like that, something crazy. Did he play for the Celtics one time or something? Uh, not for, he played for the Knicks like a power forward Utah. guy? He's like a 3-4. He plays more he's a three, three, yeah. yeah. yeah that, that's the part about the game. You look oh at it. But, but when I look at you, man, you have a smile on your face all the time. Yep. You're being interviewed. It doesn't matter <laughs> yes. what you're talking about. Right, you're right, right. At the, obviously, at the end of the E60 uh, documentary when they did on oh, the, at yeah, the end, you're very serious. But yeah. you've got a lighthearted side of you that probably yeah. helps you handle issues like this when I, it comes up. Yeah, for sure. I, I feel like if you lose smile, you lose hope. So you always have to be smile, always have to be positive. You cannot show your enemies any weaknesses, you know. You just, you just have to be, I mean, I mean, I feel like, and I feel like God blessed me with so much, you know, on and off the court, you know. And um, I cannot be just be down or on my mm-hmm. teammates or any of my friends outside of basketball. So I always have to smile on my, uh, smile on my face and just uh, go out there and just entertain people. Do, do you feel like you are the luckiest man alive to live in America and play basketball? Do you feel that way yourself? Oh, yeah, for sure, man. Okay. Especially yeah. especially being in this situation, being in America, because, I mean, not many countries have what this country no has. No doubt about it. You know, so you have freedom in here. And you play basketball. You earn your respect. You earn your money. So it's just it's, it's a good situation to be in this. So I always try to tell my teammates or whenever I go to a school or a basketball camp to talk to the kids, mm-hmm. I'm like, you guys are blessed to be in this situation. Don't take it for granted. I agree. And, but, you know, <clears throat> transition with that into some of the uh, political side, because when I read your story mm-hmm. and I hear your story, I relate to it. I lived in Iran 10 years. Yes. And when uh, Khomeini died, Iran was a mess. Mm-hmm. And I was born October 1878, three months before Ooh, the Shah was in exile. Yeah. Okay. So there's a lot of similarities yeah, yeah. with what's going on with the history there. 
So Khomeini dies, six weeks later we escape, we go to Germany, we seek asylum. Okay. And then from Germany we wait for our green card. Then I get the green card, yep. I come out here, and then I wanted to become a U.S. citizen, so I joined the army. And in Ooh. June of 99, I got out of the army two months early to go swear in yeah, in LA, yeah. June 21st. I became a U.S. citizen. So I remember the feeling of what it was like to become a citizen, okay. especially for you. Now, the other part that we have in common is is you're very vocal. I'm, I'm uh -huh. pretty vocal as well. You know, some of the things that I talk about where my investors sometimes say, I don't know if you want to talk yeah. about that. that <laughs> you know, you, you right. shouldn't be talking about this. You shouldn't talk about this. How is it you're so comfortable talking about topics that most people are uncomfortable with? Well, because I know this matters more than basketball. This matters more than my, this is bigger than my, my career, basketball, and being everything I'm doing. Because when, I mean, I am blessed because God gave me this platform. And I, I'm, use, I'm trying to use this platform to be voice of all those innocent people who don't have one back into, into Turkey. And uh, so I'm like, I can I, I, I remember, man, just, uh, I get this question a lot, am I crazy? Like this, mm -hmm. this three words, mm -hmm. it still comes to my mind all the time. My teammates, coaches, the fans, everybody asking me this question because they're like, you're an NBA player, just keep your mouth shut, make your millions, just be happy and live a happy life. Like what are you doing with all this like dramas and all those threats and all that? But they don't understand. Uh, this conversations, like I said, against way, way bigger than everything I'm doing. I understand my family still back in Turkey, but my family is just one. There are a thousand families out there, and they're suffering. So I cannot just be worried about my family or my career or my endorsement deals, whatever, and not, not talk about these issues. How do you, in your own mind, process that? You know, uh, when you come out and you call the. Uh, uh, you know, the, the president, the prime minister there, Hitler, you're doing this when you were in Romania. I think you were in Romania at the yes. airport when you were stuck there yes. because they revoked. You Revoke were going to Indonesia. Your friend told you got to leave Indonesia. Then you go to Romania. Or you go to Singapore. Yeah. And then from Singapore to Romania, then you're stuck there. You do the live. Then you go yeah. to London. And then you finally make it to U.S. 48 yeah. hours later. And you did that live. And you call him Hitler. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's not like a regular thing to call somebody. So, I mean, if you look at what's happened in Turkey, uh, first of all, in Indonesia, the reason I left, it all started because they tried to kidnap me in Indonesia. With, and so the Turkish government working with the, say, some, of, uh, some other countries like Indonesia, Malaysia, Bosnia, to, to you know, to kidnap people there and send it to Turkey. So when I had a basketball clinic in, in school in Indonesia, and, uh, you know, they sent army and intelligence service to come and talk to me that's in what Indonesia. They, that's what they yeah. said mm -hmm. so luckily we got a, we, we learned about that early and we left the, left the country and I went to Romania they revoked my passport and everything but uh, <clears throat> you know people know my story because I play an MBA right but there are a thousand stories out there is way worse than mine because you guys know my story because I have I have this huge uh, platform but um, you know if you look at what's happening in Turkey especially after I'll, I'll say fake quotes and um, you know, you always have fake one? Fake coup attempt. Fake, yes, yes. Fake coup attempt. Turkey is the number one country in the world that put most journalists in jail, over 300. And there are 17,000 innocent women are in a jail right now. And over almost 1,000 babies in the jail with their mother growing up in jails. You know, there's lots of reports. Amnesty International, Human Rights Watch, Human Rights Foundation are saying that they are, people are getting kidnapped, people are getting tortured in jail, people are getting raped, in, uh, uh, raped in, in, in jail. So I'm like, I'm trying to tell this world that, I'll, like I said again, I like you guys know my story, but this is what's happened over there. Yeah, and why? Why is uh, so? 
why are they having such a challenging time? Like when I look at politically right now, you hear what they're saying. But Obama in 2006, right after the coup that happened, I think July 15, 2016. July 16, uh, so July, to, to, uh, July 15, 2016. And then the next day, uh, Mr. Gulen got and told the fact that, you know, we didn't know this was happening. But when he, when he said that, when the coup took place, 249 yeah, people lives, died. people died, all these things, is Barack Obama defended when he talked to Erdogan saying that nothing was really happening. And then Trump is also trying to uh -huh. make the right. So it's not a Democratic thing or Republican yes. thing. Why is America playing the safe role with Turkey? What is the biggest concern America has with Turkey? So let me tell you this. Not many people know, know this, but when, I, when the coup, ha uh, coup attempt happened, that night I was with Mr. Gulen. Mm -hmm. And I saw what Mr. Gulen did with my own eyes. He sit on his chair and pray for his country. He did not look like he was orchestrating a, a coup attempt because he was just sitting on his chair. And then people, I mean, I told this to some other people, but he cried that night because over 200 people died. So, I mean, if you, <clears throat> if you want to understand who did the coup attempt, you have to look at the benefits of coup attempt. And like I said, again, there has been lots of, you know, media outlets shut down and, after that course, and I don't, he wanted to be the one-man show. So I don't understand what America, Trump, or Obama, what I was trying to do, but I know what I know. I saw with, I saw with my own eyes what this movement, what Mr. Gillum was doing. Yeah, but what I'm asking you is, uh, if, if your movement is where it's at, why isn't, uh, uh, is there any involvement with U.S. to want to defend Mr. Gulen? Because... In January earlier this year, they were talking about possibly extraditing mm -hmm. Mr. Gulen out of, uh, mm -hmm. I think he's staying somewhere in uh, Pennsylvania, yeah. right? And uh, to extradite him back over there because of negotiations with Erdogan and everything that's taking place here. Mm -hmm. uh, what, why, is, why are so many people concerned about Mr. Gulen? Because I see both sides, uh -huh. okay? Because for me, when I lived in, you know, what I'm trying to figure out is the following. So I got three characters for okay. myself. <clears throat> you have the Shah, okay? You have uh, Khomeini, okay, <coughs> and then you have a, a bit of possibly uh, uh, Saddam Hussein or Mossadegh. Okay, and this yeah. is kind of how I see it. Right, Saddam possibly compared to a uh, Erdogan. Okay. okay, let's just say those two are together. All right. Okay, let's say the Shah Reza Pahlavi, Mohammad Reza Pahlavi, who made Iran Americanized. He brought education, okay. gave more power to women, freedom, all this other stuff. Let's let's put him to. Uh, Ataturk, right? Okay. Am I saying it Secular, right? Yep, Ataturk, Ataturk yep. which is, he's a very well-respected, yep, very, very secular, yep. he kind of made a little bit more open, freedom, yep. you know, people liked when he was there, mm -hmm. and relationships got better because, you know, right. Turkey is like the bridge between uh, Asia and uh, yep, Europe, Europe, right? And then, who is Mr. Gulen? Because Mr. Gulen, when you really dig deep and look at him, he's a brilliant guy. Mm -hmm. In the 60s, he started his movement, and his messaging was different, very westernized. Hey, you know, go out there and make your money. Let's go become successful. Mm -hmm. Let's go build businesses. And then he doesn't take the mosque route. He takes the education, education route. Idea. When you're with him, what vision is he casting to you? So, like, like you said, it is all about educating people because instead of going out there and building mosques, he believed that we need to go out there and build more schools. We need to educate uh, people more, especially young ge generation, because he believes we have lots of issues going on in our century because of uneducated people. And his, his thinking was, if we go out there, not just in Turkey, now this movement's go, go, 
this movement that have schools over 170 countries in the world. And this school for not just for Muslims. You can be, mm -hmm. you know, Jewish, you can be Catholic, you can believe in God, you don't believe in God, you can be Christian, you can go to these schools and learn about math and science. So when I was with him, you know, of course, I asked him questions mm -hmm. and stuff, and he gave me his, his stuff. I asked him, and he told me, it doesn't matter where you're from. <clears throat> It doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter what your color is. It doesn't matter what your religion is. The most important thing in life is leave your differences on the table and trying to find what we have in common. And he said, this world is what we have. We don't have another planet to go or live. So let's make this world better together. So, so that's why my thing was, so every time I go out there, so like my thing was, how can we educate people? How can we educate young generations so they can, uh, they can make their own decision and that decision will be right? What's his vision though? What's he trying to <clears throat> accomplish? Because, you know, you see his educational the schools, it's obviously Erdogan shut down all his uh, oh, yeah, schools, the, all the answer, yeah. 43, whoever that was linked to him, right. whether right. it was the newspaper, you know, the main <coughs> newspaper, outlets, it was schools, the media outlets, they hospitals. shut down everything. They took him to prison. <coughs> a lot of military, a lot of doctors, a lot of educators, a lot of nurses, a lot of them. But when they, th when they went and looked at the, I think 60 <coughs> Minutes in 2012 or 2013, went and investigated the mm -hmm. schooling, yep. the numbers were great, okay? The level of education was great, extremely creative. The kids were happy. The things mm -hmm. they were creating was impressive. And in America, I don't know exactly how many campuses and how many states, but at that time it was 127 in okay. 30 states, yeah. some number like that. Uh, but why are people worried about him? I guess my biggest thing is what is really his vision? What's he trying to accomplish? What he's trying to accomplish is, like I said again, just uh, educate people and, uh, and create a younger generation who can make their own choices. Uh, and it's got to be a stepping stone to something, right? What is the vision long term? The vision, <coughs> that's the vision. Just how can we educate our young generation so they can have a better future, they can make the right decisions and, and just have a, uh, and respect each other. And, and those, those people, every time I, I see uh, people who's, who's in this moment is open to dialogue. You know, uh, how mm. can we respect other religions, how can we respect other cultures and learn from each mm -hmm. other? You know, uh, are you familiar with Scientology, the, the, the Church of Scientology? No, I never no. heard that. Are you familiar <coughs> with Baha'i, the religion of Baha'i? I heard about that a little bit, yeah. So Baha'i is a denomination of a, a Muslim. It's kind of like a Mormonism or Jehovah. I think I had a friend, yeah. I yeah, think I had Baha a friend, my, yeah. my uh, sister married a Baha'i family, okay. very nice people. Uh, good people, but in the Muslim community, when the sh when the Khomeini went to Iran, mm -hmm. he didn't like Baha'i. Anybody that was Baha'i, it was the same situation oh. as Erdogan, oh, very okay. similar situation. So, I, I don't. When I look at the you know Mr. Golan, what he's doing, I, I see an element of Baha'i and I see an element of Scientology, where. You, when, in 2002, I was curious about religion. I was an atheist 25%, 25 okay. years of my life. My family grew up Christian. I'm in Iran. People are getting bombed. I don't believe in God. I just don't believe it's possible. So I went and uh, visited uh, Scientology churches all the time. I would go okay. and they would say, you can be Christian, you can be part of this. You know, you can be Catholic, you can be part of this. This is not about your religion. This is about us having a common understanding. It's a system. It's there this, it's that. Would you say it's a similar model like that where it's not necessarily... You know, because you guys don't pray, you're allowed to drink. You can't pray, but it's not something that's big on prayer, right? It's, it's a little bit more uh, 
flexible than a typical religion you would think would you would you agree I, with that I, statement? I, I wouldn't say it uh, I, I don't say it's flexible I mean no no the, the Mr. Ignam is a, himself is a very religious guy he prays five times a day he does he does not drink neither his followers don't drink they follow five times a day but they are thinking we can you know there is this thing people always say you cannot mix religion with science mm -hmm. he wants to mix science with religion and understanding you know just uh because, like, like I said again, he believes in math and science. And instead of going out there and building mosques, he, he's thinking like, hey, people are already in the mosque and praying. Let, let's, let's educate people. Yeah. You see, from my standpoint, when I lived in Iran, my mother's side wanted Khomeini to come. And Khomeini had a lot of similarities to uh, uh, Mr. Gulen, a lot, because he was a prophet, he was an imam, he was like seen as a calm okay. man, loving man, caring man. So a lot of Iranians were like, yes. Yeah, look at the Shah, you know, all he has is all this oil money. We should bring uh, Khomeini here. Then Khomeini comes, things change very quickly. You know, when you see some of his interviews from years ago, he's a pretty, uh, uh, he, he would be a visionary guy. He's a, he sounds like a pretty strategic, uh, you know, he doesn't seem like a lightweight guy that's just, there seems to be a vision behind it. You can't build a, this kind of an empire without a vision at the end of it. Uh, like I said again, man, I think just people, like especially uh, like the who this movement's followers, all they care, all they care about our future. All they care about how can we build our future uh, better together. His vision, his following. His followers. How can we build our future to better together? How can we build our future together? Yep. But where are we going? Because I, 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 I'll, I'll read this to you. So I just kind of read what I, what I saw. Here's one thing I. Uh, he says, uh, uh, Mr. Gulen said this, like, you know, you must move within the arteries of the system without anyone noticing your existence until you reach all the power centers. You must wait until a time where you mm -hmm. have all the state power and you have brought to your side all the power of constitutional institutions in Turkey, right? Now, I get his point, fully get it, meaning, okay, that sounds like somebody that's a true believer. He doesn't sound like somebody that is not a true believer mm -hmm. in his cause. But that also sounds like a man with a vision. Like, he's not happy about the way Erdogan's running it. They obviously had a big falling out together. Yeah, for sure. He's not happy with how Erdogan running the country. Yeah. I mean, if you look at it right now, I mean, that people are not happy. Economy's going down. And then there's been lots of, you know, I don't know if you heard a lot of terrorist attacks and oh, stuff. Yeah, of course. I mean, of course, I mean, what, 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 I mean, what Turkey's going right now is a big mess. And uh, of course, he doesn't want his country to go through the, that kind of stuff, Mr. Gulen. So that's why I'm saying, he, that's what he's saying. If we build our future, if we build our young generation, we can have a better future and we can have a better uh, country in the I, future. I get that. So I sat down with Reza Pahlavi's son. Okay? okay. We sat down together in Washington, D.C. I had a meeting with him and with Ted Cruz. So I went and sat down with him when we talked about Iran. Okay. okay. Possibility of uh, separate meetings, possibility of what can happen for Iran to be free? Look, you told me you love your oh, country, okay. not the government. I love Iran, obviously not the government. Okay. I have, I'd yeah. love to take my family in Iran, show it to them. Yeah, Jeff, sure. I grew up, I'd love to. Yeah. I'm sure you're missing your family. Yeah. At the end of the day, if you cut me right here, it's four things I bleed. I bleed Assyrian, it's my dad. Okay. I bleed Armenian, it's my mom. Okay. I bleed Iran, it's where I was born. I bleed America because this place gave me an opportunity. Uh -huh. I can't help myself. Those four things matter to me a lot. It's very obvious you love Turkey. Oh yeah, for sure. No like, question about it. Because like when I talk about these issues, people thinking like, man, I don't like my country. No, that people are wrong. That's I love my country. Farthest from that. I, I love my country. Like, that's yeah. why I'm trying to fight for my country. Yeah, I get that. You know? I fully believe that. But it, <clears throat> it, it is, is your ideal vision, Here's a question like an ideal vision. What an ideal vision would be 
for there to be a coup, to be a fall, because in Iran there has to be one. They're mm-hmm. trying right now in Iran. You saw three weeks ago, I don't know if you followed it or not, three mm-hmm. weeks ago, uh, 400 people were killed in Iran. Wow. Like the younger generation tried to do a revolution happened right, in Iran. Right, I right. got messages, all this stuff that comes because through VPN they can message you to be able to have access to you. But the part with you is, do you think an ideal situation for Turkey would be if there is a coup and then Mr. Gulen goes back and helps run the country? You think that would be an ideal situation? Mr. Gulen don't want to run the country. 100%. 100%. He has nothing. He doesn't want to get into politics. And he said there, there is nothing, uh, nothing would, uh, nothing will good come with Kurtzam. Because, I mean, all those innocent people are dying. So he doesn't want that. So he wasn't behind the coup? He, he was not. 100%. 100%. So he had no idea what was going to take he had place. Because no, I was with that guy all night, so he had no idea. Even it was like, purely incidental you were I, with him. That I, yep. Because I remember going to, to, you know, I was with him, and he, one of his students, one of his followers, mm-hmm. brought the news to him, and he was shocked. And he couldn't, uh, he couldn't believe it. And then he uh, followed the news, and then when he learned that around over 200 people died, he started crying. So he had no idea that there was going to be a coup attempt, and he does not want I mean, he's, a, he's an 80-year-old sick man. And he does not want to get in the country and run the country. He just wants peace, freedom, and democracy in the country. That's all he wants. Why did him and Erdogan have a fallen out? Uh, I mean, what do you mean? Remember when they were, initially they were allies. They were, I wouldn't call them an ally. There was only two times they were seen together. Only two times they were seen together. One of them was in a football match, mm-hmm. soccer match, and one of them was in one of the meetings. And I was watching one of his interviews. They, uh, the reporter asked him the same question, and he said, we're never allies. So I don't believe they were ever allies. Who said they were never allies? Uh, Mr. Glenn himself. Got it. How bad can the conditions get if America leaves Turkey the way it is with the way Erdogan's running it? How bad could it be? Very bad. I mean, because like right now, I mean, uh, America's power to put sanctions on Turkey mm-hmm. and maybe hoping to change some kind of stuff, you know, something. And uh, but if not, you know, uh, I feel like Erdogan will even destroy the country more. How do you think Trump's hand- President Trump's handling it right now? I mean, I'm sure you read the letter. Oh yeah, for did sure. Did you I see did. the letter he wrote to? Yes, uh, I did. What did yeah. you think about the letter when you? Um, uh, as I mean, Mari, can you grab a copy I put on my desk over there? Yeah. Uh, what would you What you think about it? You first, because so it, it comes around pretty. There was few of them. So are you talking about the October one? October ninth. One of one that Trump was insulting Erdogan. Don't be a fool. Stop being yep. playing like a tough guy, etc., yep. etc. No, 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 no. I I believe that. I mean, because he was, he it's is trying good. to act like he is trying to act like a tough guy. He is trying to act. Like Erdogan's I, I, Erdogan, trying to act I, like I feel like guy. Erdogan, because like I mean. Yeah. To, when he comes to America, yeah. he wants to be like a good person, he wants to be a good people to all Americans. But when he, when he goes back to his country, he talks badly about America. And there's been lots of, I don't have it with me right now, but I can show you so many oh, of that. them that he talks badly about. Not just America, a lot, a lot of, country, lot yeah. of countries. You know, th- that's what it was with us in Iran. When yeah. we lived in Iran, you would see Marg bad Omri called death upon America nonstop, there right? But when it yep. comes down to negotiation, exactly. hey, and then there's the, there's the I death. Re- I, I remember like watching, there's been like, the, the people are burning American flags mm-hmm. in Turkey. I remember that, that. That is wrong. It's yeah. like, you don't come here and play at one game and you go, go, go back to your country to, to be another man. It's, it's like, it's just not cool. So you like the way he's going right now, President Trump. You would like him to 
in your ideal situation, put more sanctions, go through that. Because, you know, sanctions are going to hurt the economy. Like, it's going to put them in shambles. Oh, yeah, for sure. I know, I know Iran that. Iran is in a terrible place I, right I now financially. That. I know that. But yeah. I think till, see, like, till, it gets, till we get a freedom and democracy, I think America have enough power to just uh, change everything. And if you put sanctions yeah. on him, his family, and his, his wealth, then I think it's going to shake the whole Erdogan's regime. And if he does that, how do you worry about your dad? Like, if they, it's like, what if they retaliate to you and they go that route? Is it still the fact that the vision is that important that you have to go look at the bigger picture of what could happen to Turkey long term? The bigger picture we want is freedom and democracy. Mm. So that's why, I mean, if we, so like, we, we don't want, of course, I mean, I don't want anything to happen to my country, but if we don't, if people are not happy, if already is like there's been lots of people are dying and there's been a lot of terrorist attacks and Turkey's involved you know, happen with some, some mm -hmm. of the terrorist groups, then you know what? I mean, just, I got, I think we got to put uh, some uh, sanctions on it. It'll change the game if they I do that. I think so. Uh, uh, final thoughts, Armenian genocide. When mm -hmm. the Armenian genocide was mm -hmm. uh, announced, I know you and uh, yeah. uh, Ilhan, uh, you guys had a yes. bit of a fallen out when she said what she said and she voted, I think, <coughs> present. Your thoughts of you're from <coughs> Turkey, okay? Yep. My mother's Armenian, dad's a Syrian. You know the whole Armenian genocide. What right, are your right. thoughts as a history of Armenian genocide? Ooh, let me let, let me tell you this. I mean, I think uh, Ilhan Omar was the only uh, person who did not sign mm -hmm. the Armenian genocide. I mean, that's and uh, it's, it's just it's just sad. I'll just say that. And I think about if you feel about asking about Armenian genocide, I am not expert on that, but I heard from the many people that it did happen. Got it. So you heard from a lot of people that it did happen. I mean, I heard. I have lots of friends yeah. that I mean, it's, 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 I, I have actually my one of my best friends from Armenia, and my one of my best friends from Armenia. You look Armenian. We look like huh. we could be. Really, <laughs> you know, we're Turkish. I remember my. Uh, so one of my assistant coach was Ar Armenian. So like, I'm like, whenever I talk to him, I'm like, I got you. I get you guys. I know how, how you guys feeling. So first, so whenever I, I see him, I try to uh, sit down and, uh, and talk to him, and you know, just uh, I'm I'm always asking him, like, can you explain me the question, please? Uh, so can you explain me the, the, the situation, please, so I can have a better understanding of what's going on? Because I'm not that type mm. of guy. That, yeah. I'm not a closed-minded guy. I'm I'm, I'm an open-minded guy. I want to know what happened, and if we are wrong, I'll just say it. Hey, we are wrong. Yeah. And I will say it publicly. Because I don't care about, I'm for the truth. It doesn't matter who it's for or against. So if it's against Turkey, I'll, I'll, I'll say it. Hey, it happened. But um, be, be, before I say it, I really, really need to work on it. And, and see, Do you own research on it? I need to more. Yeah. Especially after what you know, Trump said. I don't know if you read that, what Trump said about uh, Armenian genocide. It was just on the news today. You talking about the Senate bill being passed? Uh, no. Actually, Trump just said today that Armenian genocide did not happen. Trump said it today. Trump, I think Trump said it today. It that was Armenian Moscow, genocide didn't happen. Did not happen. Really? We can, we can go to. We can go that to is, on our. That is. Uh, we can go to on our Twitter right now, and it was actually trending. And um, if you put on, we can look at it right now. Trump refuses to back recognition of Armenian genocide after Erdogan's threat. <clears throat> There you go. So I think I think Erdogan is using that as a pure negotiation to say, if you recognize it, I'm not doing nothing with you. Wow, it's gotten up to that. So because Congress said yes, Senate Congress said, said yes, yes. Now Senate said Trump? yes. Yep. Wow, that's pretty ugly. If you got to that situation, by the way. So I mean, um, unbelievable. So I feel sorry for people who is. I mean, of course, they 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 they're probably feeling very sad and very hurt, but. Um, you know, it's just... If you want to win, the, so many presidents have had a chance to win the... 
Obama, Bush, Clinton, yep, yep. Trump, everybody's yep. had the chance to win it. They haven't done it. Long-term uh, plans with you. Any plans of you doing politics one day? You're young right I now. I actually, a lot of people asking me that yeah, because, because I, I remember, uh, so whenever I get to the Boston Celtics, they were watching NBA TV, yeah. they were watching ESPN. I'm like, change that channel. Let's watch CNN, let's watch, let's watch Fox, let's watch MSNBC. Your so like, so we'll keep watching that and they were asking me, hey, do you ever like thinking about becoming one one day? I asked them, why not? I'm actually thinking about getting American politics one day. I totally see it. Uh, the, the sad thing is I'm not American born. But, well, you uh, can be a president, but once you become a citizen, you can definitely oh, yeah. go to other yeah, places. Yeah, 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 for sure. So I am thinking about it, yes. So what he does to Erdogan, you're going to become to U.S. I would love it. That would be interesting. I would love it. Brother, appreciate you for coming <laughs> out. Uh, thank I know you very uh, much, bro. Appreciate it. was it. a short time we had together, but I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I know. I really appreciate thank it, Thank you thank for you coming for out. Reminding Absolutely. Me. Appreciate it. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And by the way, if you haven't already subscribed to Valuetainment on iTunes, please do so. Give us a five-star. Write a review if you haven't already. And if you have any questions for me that you may have, you can always find me on Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube. Just search my name, Patrick Bid David, and I actually do respond back when you snap me or send me a message on Instagram. With that being said, have a great day today. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.